I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another show. This is the latest episode of the breakdown where we look at things in a little bit more detail looking at some of the numbers around Chelsea's performances some of the tactical trends today before Chelsea return to action in the Premier League against Newcastle this weekend wanted to ask a massive question which is where does Christopher Nkunku fit in now that he is basically returned fit ready for action hopefully we will see him make his competitive debut in a Chelsea shirt this weekend but I think it's a discussion that needs to be had it's a discussion that I think we've been having in recent weeks and months so the first part of the show we'll look at that question in the second part of the show I'm going to look at Chelsea's two best players so far this season and some of the really impressive and eye-catching stats around their performances if you like the sound of that Please hit that like button, really helps get the show out to more people. Subscribe, hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of the Chelsea content. If you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much for tuning in as well. And you can follow Son of Chelsea across the socials. Just use that tag at Son of Chelsea on X, on Instagram, TikTok, all of that good stuff. But Christopher Nkunku obviously was one of Chelsea's biggest signings over the summer in pre-season when we saw him start to play for Chelsea and some of that link up in attack, some of his effectiveness, the quality that we saw him produce so consistently for RB Leipzig in the Bundesliga, it felt like he was going to be a defining player for Pochettino. But then of course, that terrible pitch in America, that injury in that Borussia Dortmund game just on the eve of the season completely halted that and Pochettino has admitted since that basically he had to rip up his whole attacking plan for Chelsea and he's had to do that a few times because of the mass injury crisis we have had since the summer basically so this is a big addition a big return from Mauricio Pochettino and there is reason to believe that Nkunku if he does remain fit which is always such a big question for Chelsea fans when we're talking about some of our best players can be absolutely defining for this team in terms of goal scoring, in terms of creativity, in terms of movement, linking up and improving others. Now, during the summer, and we'll go back to that period in pre-season, and all right, pre-season is not competitive football, but at the same time, I felt there were enough trends and, and things I saw in those games involving Nkunku that really did inspire me. And I think made us very excited over what was to come from him at Stamford Bridge and hopefully we will see it now he's he's back fit. So in preseason Pochettino was basically playing a 4-2-3-1 and in Kunku effectively to make it more simple cuz at times he was kind of switching with his you know with players in and around him and also when we were making so many changes that you do in preseason he was sometimes changing position as well but I think the easiest way to say he was playing that second striker role I think the role that most people suspect he will play for Chelsea kind of that player that buzzes around a center forward a focal point can go left can go right can drop deeper very much what made his performances at Leipzig so impressive Uh, one of the things that really caught the eye for me when watching him for Leipzig and just analyzing a few games 
was the way he do so many good things within the game seemingly from different areas as if he was playing multiple positions that's a very modern fluid I guess is the right term way of thinking about it I've got some screenshots from the games so this was against uh, Fulham he's picking up the ball from a deeper area he's driving forward he's linking up with Nicholas Jackson who despite some of his flaws seems to link up pretty well with those around him and it felt like Nkunku and Jackson will get to that point of, of how I think it could work moving forward now he is back fit but then Obviously, his speed. It's another big part of his game. His ability to run in behind the defence, one-on-one and finish chances. He did this in his first appearance against Wrexham. Yes, Wrexham, League 2 opposition. But at the same time, dropping a little bit deeper, laying off the ball and then making a run in behind. This was something we saw consistently for Christopher Nkunku. And maybe it's something that is going to be a little bit more tricky to replicate on a consistent basis in the Premier League because you don't have as much space as maybe you do in the Bundesliga. That is a trend we have seen before. But his speed is something that can absolutely be devastating for Chelsea. I think against the best opposition when Chelsea are going to have to sit a little bit deeper, play on transition, which we have in recent weeks against the likes of Man City and Arsenal. So I think that is an absolutely relevant point. Just looking at some of his numbers of where he played and where he was most effective for RB Leipzig. Last season at Leipzig, he played that role most of all of his appearances, scored 15 and created eight goals from that. So it's quite clearly a role that suits him best. Now, Chelsea aren't really playing the 4-2-3-1 or at least as clear and obvious as it was earlier in the season or at least in, in the summer when Nkunku was fit. We have more moved to a 4-3-3 and this very much ties into Conor Gallagher, Enzo Fernandez, and Moises Casado. That is a trio in central midfield that has been quite effective for Chelsea. Conor Gallagher, as we are going to get to, as you won't be that surprised when we're talking about the best Chelsea player so far this season. He's played an integral role and he hasn't really played just a number eight role against Arsenal. It was really impressive the way him and Cole Palmer basically played as a front two to press Arsenal, to stop them building up from deep as they like to do. I think John McKenzie of TIFO broke this down brilliantly. So I suggest go and watch his show back then. Who Sort of looking at that and how effective it was for Chelsea to continue to harass Arsenal. Um, basically from the front. And Conor Gallagher, as we know from a pressing point of view, is really impressive. But then on top of that, we know as a central midfielder, as a number eight, an attacking midfielder, whatever you want to call it, Conor Gallagher is playing so well and he's so effective for Chelsea, it's difficult to make an argument to take him out of the team currently. Which then begs the question, if you think Nkunku is a second striker, who comes out? Is it Cole Palmer? Probably not because of how influential he's been recently. Is it Raheem Sterling? Yes, for the criticisms of Sterling. I think many people have. It's undeniable his effectiveness again. I mean, he is scoring quite regularly for Chelsea so far this season. So this very much leads me to think, especially in the upcoming games, that Nicholas Jackson's role is probably most at threat or position is most at threat here for Nkunku. Now, I do think there is probably a dual way you can use Nkunku just based on his attributes and also based on what Chelsea have been doing and struggling with so far this season. So I think in one way, Nkunku is probably a more natural fit in a front three when Chelsea are having to play against a higher level of opponent. So the likes of Man City, the likes of Arsenal, Newcastle, Manchester United, I think in a few weeks, despite the, the flaws of Man United, I think Chelsea will still have to defend at Old Trafford and as well Brighton. So that run of games Chelsea have coming up after the international break, I think Nkunku will probably play more of a a front-facing role. I think he will play more as a centre-forward or forward, whether across that front line. 
But then I think what's going to be more interesting is the games before Christmas when Chelsea start to play opponents that they've struggled against so far this season. Sheffield United, Wolves, Crystal Palace. Teams where Chelsea are expected to win and win pretty comfortably, but fail to do so. And it's that low block problem. And that's where I personally think that kind of second striker role for Nkunku makes a lot more sense. Because then you have a focal point in, in Jackson who doesn't have this major weight on his shoulders to be the 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 main goal scorer, but can very much attract attention, hopefully create space for Nkunku to drift a little bit deeper in and make those late runs into the box like he was during preseason and proved really effective inside the box. We know in tight areas, he's got the technique to, to be effective. And I think that's what makes me believe Nkunku will fare a lot better than, say, Timo Werner did. I think his technique is a lot better. But then even in some of those games, like against Brentford a few weeks ago, Chelsea created good opportunities in the first half. And it's that decision-making one-on-one that I think, and we all hope Nkunku will elevate to another level. And I think in both types of games, that's where Nkunku can be devastating. In transition, his speed is a real issue. And because of his composure in front of goal that we have seen so far in his career, you do have confidence that when he gets into those situations compared to some other Chelsea attackers, he will finish chances. So teams have to be wary of that. And I think when you look at the speed of Mikhailo Mudrik, you look at the speed of Raheem Sterling, the effectiveness and passing of Cole Palmer, the the connections there are very exciting. I think they really are. And, and, and given how well players like Cole Palmer are playing currently, to see those two potentially link up and to see how Pochettino fills them is going to be exciting, I think, for Chelsea fans. Now, I want to hear your opinion. Maybe you are of the belief that it should just go back to a 4-2-3-1. But then I think you have a massive question on your hands because, you know, performance-wise, tactically, the impact as we're going to see from certain players, it's very difficult to take them out instantly in the team. But because we are heading into the busiest month of the year for Chelsea, which is always December. It's always manic. Even with Chelsea not having European football, we've got Newcastle in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal. And just the nature of this time of the season means that rotation is going to happen. So I do think there's going to be a sense of flexibility. And I do think Nkunku could be playing both a second striker role, which may be the original intention for Pochettino. But then maybe because of what's happened in some months with Pochettino having to change things, Nkunku may play a more centre forward role. Let me know your thoughts on that in the comments below. The second part of Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Today's show, I just want to look at some numbers, basically, uh, that have really impressed me over Conor Gallagher and Carl Palmer. They are, surprise, surprise, my top two players for Chelsea so far this season. I think that is a pretty general feeling so far this season. I'd be quite surprised if there are any uh, major disagreements over that. Yes, we can talk about the 
the positives that Raheem Sterling has brought to the team and some others so far this season. Uh, I think Moises Casado has been a good addition. I think Thiago Silva continues to prove at his age he can be a big player for Chelsea. You know, I even think, you know, you've got to throw Marco Correa's incredible resurgence into this as well. But in terms of consistency since the start of the season, it's Conor Gallagher. And then because he arrived a little bit later, Cole Palmer. So firstly with Conor Gallagher. Gallagher has won possession in the attacking third more times than any other player in Europe's top seven league so far this season. And I think to to talk about Gallagher's role in his Chelsea team is very interesting because, you know, I do see him as an attacking midfielder. I do think in the final third, when you actually look at his numbers and what he's being used for under Mauricio Pochettino, it lends you to think about a certain French player who left Chelsea last season. Now, this is not to say that we're talking about a similar level caliber player, one of the greatest midfielders we've ever seen in the game. But just in terms of numbers, comparative in recent seasons, tells you how well Conor Gallagher is doing on this front. So it's a comparison between N'Golo Kante from the 2020-21 season versus Conor Gallagher from this season. And in terms of tackles one. In terms of jewels, one possession, one interceptions, and aerial jewels, one. Yes, we've got to think about N'Golo Kante. That was the season when Chelsea won the Champions League. And as I stress, you know, N'Golo is one of the greatest players we've ever seen play for Chelsea. So to try and beat him is going to be very difficult for any player. But when you look at how, I guess, similar these numbers are, I think they really are encouraging. And that aggression and intensity off the ball that Gallagher has brought to Chelsea, back to Chelsea, and, and Pochettino has as well. It's really making a difference. And, you know, you think about Kante's best performances. It's one of the things that frustrated me over the years when people would kind of pigeonhole him as this holding midfielder. If you watch Kante at his best, you know he was much more than that off the ball. And at times he would drive forward. Some of those best Champions League performances would see him involved in attacking moves, winning the ball back and going to the edge of the box, basically, to set up opportunities for Chelsea. And it feels like Conor Gallagher is, yes, off the ball, working extremely hard and making himself dynamic and being able to eat up a lot of ground, which is essential in this team. But then also on the ball, some of his numbers from a pass accuracy have improved. And um, this is from James Gearbrandt, uh, just comparing the passing accuracy percentage of recent seasons. So in 21-22, when he was on loan at Crystal Palace, he had 75%. Last season at Chelsea, 81%. It's now jumped up to 88% in 23-24 for Chelsea. So really, Conor Gallagher has improved. And in terms of assists, he's leading on that front so far this season which is not that much of a surprise given the number of minutes he's played and how influential he's been on the eye test, on the data. We know how good Conor Gallagher is. And I think the idea that he's just going to be thrown out the team now in Kunku is back, I think is a little bit silly. I think that creates a, a big talking point of who you do replace. But at the same time, we're talking about a very essential player. Another essential player is obviously Cole Palmer and his raw numbers in terms of just goals and assists are impressive so far. He's, you know, cool head in front of, of the goal from a penalty, as we've seen so far this season. But in terms of carrying the ball forward and some of the numbers over his all-round game is still very impressive. It's not just the fact that he can take a good penalty. He is proving to be one of Europe's best so far this season in and around the attacking area. So in terms of carrying the ball forward, there have been very few as good as him in the whole Premier League so far this season. He is streets ahead of everyone, both in terms of progressive runs per 90 and accelerations per 90. I'll put a graph up if you're listening on the podcast. So Cole Palmer basically in this graph is right at the top, right at the top right here. And he is in front of some very good players and it proves how effective he is and how aggressive. Like a lot of 
Mauricio Pochettino's players are so far this season in terms of the energy that has been brought back to Chelsea's team with Pochettino. Not much of a surprise, but it gives you a sense of how well Cole Palmer is doing, how much he is being involved in Chelsea's game so far this season. So that graph in itself, if you are watching, kind of tells its own story really uh, of how well and how influential he has been to Chelsea. And then there are just kind of some comparison stats. One of them, yeah, is a little bit cheeky in terms of uh, talking about a player that used to play for Chelsea and then also comparing him with his time at Man City. Let's go for, I guess, the fairer one so far, which is looking at his time at Man City. 41 games, six goals and two assists. When we look forward to his stats at Chelsea so far, 11 games, four goals and four assists. Already bettered the number of minutes he's actually had in the Premier League for Chelsea compared to Man City. It's an amazing start. It really is. And I think from a fun point of view, Kai Havertz here with comparisons to Cole Palmer stats so far this season. Kai Havertz has played 19 games. He's only scored one goal, only created one. To be fair, yes, quite a few of those have been penalties. So I can understand if you're maybe a Kai Havertz fan watching this or you're an Arsenal fan, you maybe would throw that up there. But if we just talk about the impact of those two players on Chelsea and also just so far this season for their respective clubs. I don't think it comes even close in terms of what both player both players provide in terms of build up, in terms of their ability to create chances for others and just, you know, importance in the team. I think it's undeniable. And um, the fact that we did lose Mason Mount, the fact that we did lose Kai Havertz, um, the fact that we did, you know, lose uh, Mateo Kovacic to Manchester City. I think there were some people over the summer who were concerned that allowing all these players to go to rival clubs was actually going to turn out to be a nightmare for Chelsea. So far this season, it's very easy to say when we're in November, we can reassess in March, April, May time. But so far this season, the replacements, specifically Cole Palmer, are actually in some ways an upgrade. And given that Cole Palmer, I think, will go to new levels, hopefully, and we'll probably have some dips because he is a young player, is something that really should encourage Chelsea fans. And I've I keep saying this on these breakdown shows. If you go back to some of the shows I did after the Forest defeat earlier in the season, back then we were more talking about creative chances and Chelsea missing those. I think that still is a problem against a low block opponent, which we are going to face and Pochettino has to solve. But in terms of the numbers I have seen so far this season, looking again at XG where Chelsea are still creating a high volume of opportunities, it bodes well. And that is something that I want to reiterate is that the numbers speak for themselves. The numbers also speak for themselves from like a a performance level against high caliber opposition. When you look at it so far this season, Liverpool, Arsenal, I think you can throw Brighton in the cup there and Manchester City. Chelsea are performing to a high level, which I hope continues against Newcastle on Saturday. And hopefully we can get another positive uh, performance and hopefully the three points, which would be massive. So I'm optimistic. It seems to be currently... We'll see what happens in the next run of games, but I'm excited for the return of Christopher Nkunku. I'm excited to see what Cole Palmer can do with a player like Christopher Nkunku linking up and and Conor Gallagher too, hopefully continuing his brilliant start to the season. So those are my thoughts today. Let me know yours in the comments below. Share your thoughts. Are there anything I've missed out? Are there trends you've seen so far this season or in recent games that you want to pick out? Let me know in the comments below. Follow me across socials at Son of Chelsea and I will see you again very soon. All the best. 